The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Thursday morning. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I'm just going to tell you, everything is not about Trump. And this shows the idolatry. I'm, I'm, it's just incredible to me. This is all that is on people's mind, even when the subject matter has nothing to do with him. This shows the idolatry of the American people who continue in this kind of manner. And anyway, if you want to check us out online, sonsoflibertyradio.com, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And if you want to watch the video portion of the show, head over to sonslibertymedia.com. Scroll down right there on the right, and we're going live. Just enlarge that, and you'll be able to watch the video portion of the show. I'm going to show you at least one video um, and several articles here in dealing with this. Uh, it's injustice that's taking place in Kentucky concerning Breonna Taylor, okay? And for the record, I'm not advocating anything that anybody would do to riot, burn down their city or their neighbor's property or hurt anybody else. I'm not for that, but I am for some justice. Okay. And I'll tell you why in just a moment, I'll be pointing to the scriptures for that. And uh, also to at least what we see in the reports that are out. You can also check out that live video feed on my Twitter account at FPP Tim. My uh, Periscope account is setting brush fires. Also Twitch. If you're on, if you're on Twitch, uh, that's available under setting brush fires. Uh, Facebook is Bradley Dean SOL. YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty. That's down for this week, so we're streaming out over YouTube on Setting Brush Fires. Before it's news.com, we're right there on the front page. DLive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. And if you want to check out where we post our articles out on social media, if you're out on different platforms such as Freely Gab, MeWe Minds, and USA.live, check us out at Sons of Liberty or Sons of Liberty Media. Uh, Katie, you're welcome to call in. You're welcome to call in if you want. In fact, the number is 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255, and you're welcome to correct me, okay? Katie, if you got some, if you got some guts, if you got some courage, give us a call. We'll have a dialogue together. If you can do that without calling names and without uh, you know, losing control, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. I really would. Um, okay, so here's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about this issue with the lack of justice here. And what we saw played out in Minneapolis, you remember, it took them how many days 
to arrest the cops in the George Floyd killing. I mean, if we're to believe that that's really what happened. Yeah, I know. I've seen some of the evidence that makes you wonder uh, if it's if the whole thing wasn't staged. There, there's just some of that. I, I get it. But I'm just saying, let's take it at face value. It took them how many days? Three, four days? People were already writing, burning things down. Acting criminally. All right? How many days did it take them to do it? Now, let's let's put that <clears throat> to the situation of what happened in Breonna Taylor's case. And everybody admits Breonna Taylor is not some, you know, prostitute. She's not some criminal. She was a lady who gave her life helping other people. She was an EMT. She enjoyed doing that. All of her, everybody who knew her said this is what she did. She would not sacrifice her um, uh, reputation and things to engage in some of these kinds of things. So when we get to this issue, we find out some very interesting things. And I want to preface it by saying this. I am for the Second Amendment. I don't believe that you should have to have a permit, okay, to carry a weapon. I don't believe that you should have to have that. I do have one, but I don't think that you should have to, if the those in authority actually obeyed the law, okay? But I have one. My wife and I went through concealed weapon uh, permit training years ago. And in that training, here's one of the first things that you learn is when you draw your weapon and you fire at somebody, you're responsible for wherever that bullet goes downrange. And if you've got a really fast round that's going to go through somebody and hit somebody else, you're responsible for not only the person you hit, but for the person who was hit behind them or the person to the side of them. This really came into mind a few years back when there was a, something that happened up in New York. I think it was around the Empire State Building. And the two cops pulled their guns, and they shot multiple times, missed the person they were shooting, and shot like nine innocent people around them. Okay? Something similar happened here in Breonna Taylor's case. Brianna Taylor was not a threat. She was in her own home. And cops broke down the door with a battering ram. And her boyfriend gets up with his gun, takes a shot at one of the cops, hits one of them. They fire 22 times at him, hitting him. Early morning, no, not raid. Cops said, oh, yeah, we, we identified ourselves." Well, I, you know... Let me get to some of the things, because a lot of this, I have a lot of thoughts running through my mind about a lot of this, and then the indictment that followed, okay? So let's just get to a couple of things here. Again, I don't think I need to belabor the point that Miss Taylor was somewhat of a model citizen there. Nobody in the news media has written anything bad about her at all. And I listened yesterday... um, We had to go pick up a dishwasher, so I'm listening to the conservative talk icon, Rush Limbaugh, because I still find him entertaining. I know what he is, but I find him entertaining. And he's talking about this. And he goes, this guy shot a cop. Let me set the scene for you. It's early morning. You're still in bed. All of a sudden, people are beating on the door. You don't know what's going on. And if they are saying something, it's muffled through the door. 
You come in, a battering ram hits the door, it busts the door open, and no, she wasn't. Okay, well, you're going to have to show me something different, Matthew. Um, the door's busted open, and you come out with your gun because you don't know who it is. I can see this very clearly. And <clears throat> so what we have going on is is we have a guy firing his weapon at the cops here. Now, this is not unusual, and there have been people who have been held up by law and by juries to say that it's perfectly within your rights to defend your home against no-not raids. This was why Rand Paul was pushing for the end to no-not raids even with all the people wanting to basically rip him apart, him and his wife. And we covered that as well. Um, in fact, let me show you. This is the guy who was doing, <clears throat> this is the guy who was standing up for that stuff. This is Rand Paul and his wife trying to get through a crowd back to his hotel uh, there among the people. Say her name! Say her name! And here's Rand Paul. He's actually standing up for these kinds of things. And watch what happens. And whoever's shouting her name is Brianna Taylor, he already knows that. What's up? What's up, bro? I got you. All right. So there is the there is the video, and uh, you can see those of you watching, those of you by Red State Talk Radio, obviously you can't see that, but this is Rand Paul walking down the street, and the crowd of people are shouting at her. Yeah, I, it, unfortunately, Matthew, no drugs were found. No drugs were found. <laughs> I mean, ah, you just buy into whatever you're told, don't you? Let's go to uh, heavy because I think usually they get pretty much the gist of what things are going on and they reference uh, some sources. According to reports from the local WDRB TV station, officers from the Louisville Metro Police Department's Criminal and Interdiction Division using battering ram to break down the door and rush into the house on Springfield Drive at 1 a.m., waking Taylor and her boyfriend, Walker. Walker shot at the officers, wounding one, and the three who entered fired some 22 shots back, according to Eggert. Walker's defense attorney, Taylor, was shot eight times and died. So you know what, Matthew? I don't care if they're watching. We can go to Texas and we can I can show you a couple, uh, a veteran and his wife, where they lied on the affidavit and they came in and murdered both of them. And then the cop who lied on the affidavit, what's really happening there? Huh? You see, this is why the war on drugs is a bunch of baloney. They use it to get in your house. They use it to, to, to violate the law. Exactly, Eric. Your doctor provide proof. You provide proof of what you're saying, bruh. I'm providing the reports that are here. 
Okay. Yeah, they had a warrant, William. Let's find out about that in just a moment. Again, I'm talking to people in the chat. Let's find out about that warrant in just a minute. Okay. So they used a battering ram to break down the door and rushed in the house on Springfield Drive at 1 a.m. in the morning. Now, what are most people doing at 1 a.m.? Sleeping. Why do you wait till 1 a.m. to break down people's door? Why, why don't you do it during the daytime? Hmm? Oh, it's for the protection of the police officer. What about the protection of Ms. Taylor? Or in the case of the couple down in Texas, what about their protection? Under the law, that you haven't proven squat. You're there to serve a warrant, search and seizure. You're not there to kill anybody. You're not there to uh, execute justice. You're there to serve a warrant. They fired 22 shots back, according to Eggert. Walker's defense attorney, Taylor, was shot eight times and died. She had not even got out of the bed, folks. Now, if you want to justify that, Matthew, uh, Magner, if you want to justify that, go ahead, knock yourself out. You can call us too, 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255. I don't think you have the guts to call me, but if you want to, I'll be glad to talk with you. And I want you to justify shooting this woman eight times and letting her bleed out. I'm going to give you some of that as well. In initial reports from the Louisville Courier, Courier Journal, police described Taylor as a female suspect. A Louisville Metro police sergeant was shot and wounded, and a suspect was killed early Friday <clears throat> during a narcotics investigation near St. Andrew's Church Road and Doss High School, according to authorities. According to Walker's lawyer, Walker shot back in self-defense because he said police did not announce themselves. It's 1 a.m. My goodness. It's 1 a.m. Again, Robert, the number is 215-TOP-TALK. His lawyer wrote to the court that Walker wishes to exonerate himself. His girlfriend was killed in a hail of police bullets while naked, and he himself simply acted to try to protect himself. Taylor's aunt, Bianca Austin, to the local TV station, this is not a woman who would sacrifice her life and her family, morals and values to sell drugs on the street. I can't speak for that. I don't know Brianna Taylor. But uh, here's what we have. He's accused of murder. <laughs> Attempted murder, excuse me. But I want you to pay attention. I want See, this is what they did. It was accused for attempted murder. Okay? He was arrested and charged with attempted murder and assault after police say he shot, police say he shot John Mattingly. Mattingly survived and underwent surgery for his injuries. Walker pleaded not guilty. His attorney argued that he acted in self-defense because he didn't know who was at the door. Had Mr. Walker known that police were outside, he would have opened the door and ushered them in. It's one o'clock in the morning, people. Keep that in mind. What are you doing at 1 o'clock in the morning? And if somebody comes beating on your door and they bust open the door, what's your first inclination? I mean, if you're a man. Not if you're some panty waist. But if you're a man, what, what is your first inclination? To protect yourself and those around you. Okay? Eggert told the Courier-Journal, adding that no drugs were found. Isn't that interesting? You guys pushing the narrative. 
No drugs were found. The home belonged to Taylor, and Walker wasn't even the target of the police's search warrant. Sam Aguirre, a lawyer for Taylor's family, told WDRB that it was a case of misidentification and that he believed officers were looking for someone else connected to a different raid. That's not uncommon either. I've done numerous stories. I've done numerous stories where that's been the case. They've been at the wrong address. Yes, they did, Jeffrey. Please bust down their door at 1 a.m., dude. And again, there have been people who've been upheld in court for shooting police officers when they bust in their house in a no-knock raid. They've been upheld in that. I could give you several stories. Something went terribly wrong. This was clearly a botched execution of a warrant. Walker was being held on a $250,000 full cash bond Yet Jefferson Circuit Court Judge Olu Stevens released him to home incarceration to the outrage of the police union. He used her as if she was in the bed. <sighs> okay, Carol, call in, provide the information. Provide the information, okay? 215-TALK-TALK, 215-867-8255. Taylor left behind family, including siblings, an aunt, and an uncle who has since written about her death. Now, um, let's take a couple of other things. The matter was being investigated. Again, this was back in, um, in May here. And we had that several officers obviously were involved in this, Okay. And we're told what was going on here, okay? Uh, Even the prosecutor, Ebert Hagel, objected to Walker's version of the raid, said Eager's theories were irrelevant to whether Walker should be released awaiting trial. One person is dead. One person was almost killed due to Mr. Walker's actions. Well, what started the whole train of event? No-knock raids. No-knock raids. Be careful what you're wishing for, America. You come in at 1 a.m. in the morning in people's houses, banging on the door, doing all this stuff. (sighs) Anyway, all right, so let's go to a couple of other things. Of course, we took um, and we gave reports back in March on what was going on, okay? We had this here. And if we walk it back a little bit, we see that the FBI launched an investigation into Ms. Taylor's killing. And by the way, think about what you guys are saying that the guy used her as a shield. So that was okay for the cops to shoot her eight times. Is that what you're saying? I want you to think long and hard about what you're saying. People in the chat room. Think about what you're saying. Some of you are saying he used her as a shield, Dana Murphy. You say he used her as a shield. 
that makes it okay for cops to shoot her eight times. And let's go a little further. The guy who is alleged to have killed her accused of picking up drunk women on duty and raping them. Officer Brett Hankison and two other Louisville officers, Sergeant Jonathan Mattingly and Officer Miles Cosgrove, were given paid vacations, not criminal charges. Again, you know, if this, but Mr. Walker was immediately taken into custody. You see what I'm saying? Did Mr. Walker actually kill anybody? No, but he did shoot a police officer. Yes. Not advocating shooting police for no reason. Don't think that that's what I'm talking about here. Okay? But I'm amazed that people are just for this kind of behavior. No longer is it a knock for somebody to open the door and serve the warrant. That's not, that's not how things usually are being done that we read about in the news. They're just not being done that way. Busting down the door. However, the Louisville Metro Police Department has finally given Officer Hankison some attention, but not for his role in murdering. And I don't even know that I would call it murder. I'm, I'm, you know, look, I'm going to talk to you in, about the scriptures and how they lay that out. There's a difference between killing and murder. There's a difference between taking someone's life in self-defense and actually premeditating that. Okay? And there's a difference in that and executing justice against somebody who has done that, who has taken somebody's life with premeditated murder. So I, I disagree with the language that Matt used here for that. This attention comes in two form in the form of two women accusing this officer of sexual assault and rape. The two women, law graduate Margot Borders and medic Emily Taylor, each shared their story on social media this past week. And they went and wrote about this particular officer. Okay? And you can read their stories here at sonsoflibertymedia.com. I'll have these in the archive. Again, I showed you what Rand Paul did. I showed you that... um, there was a presentation of Breonna Taylor Act to ban no-knock raids in America. This has been something that we've covered on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com for a long time now. Well, you don't know it's just to protect the police. Well, how about protecting the people that you haven't even proved guilty yet? You know, a warrant is there to search for evidence. Okay? That's what a warrant is for. It's not to execute justice on the people of the house that you haven't even proved are guilty of anything yet. I I wonder why there's no drug charges against Mr. Walker. Hmm? Anybody want to explain that in the chat? Do you want to explain that? I mean, come on, guys. There's none of that. In fact, if I read the reports correctly... The charges on Mr. Walker for murder. Oops, maybe maybe that was in another one. Okay, this is um, I had one out of USA USA News. Um, let's talk about this for a second, guys. This is out of USA News, and I believe they pick up Reuters and Associated Press and some of these outlets as well. 
Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walter, Walker, opened fire when police burst in, hitting Mattingly. Walker was charged with attempted murder of a police officer, but prosecutors later dropped the charge. Now, why is that, guys? Well, let me explain something to you, Matthew. Sometimes all the evidence isn't presented. It's called a violation of Brady law. It's a Brady law violations. We saw this in the Bundy case. We saw it in the case up in Oregon. I've talked to several people who were before, especially, it's, it's really bad in federal cases, really bad in federal cases. There's tons of Brady violations where prosecutors don't allow exculpatory evidence. And what happens? Um, <laughs> well, this is true, guys. I, I was just saying, I was listening to Rush as entertainment. Um, I, he'll kind of carry the water for whoever he needs to carry the water for. I mean, he said it years ago, he was carrying it for the GOP. So um, we know exactly where he stands. He's entertaining. He, he is. He does have a certain talent for that. But the point is, is this. They dropped the charge. Okay, now this is out of U.S. News. And again, they pull from several sources here that they're they're quoting. Walker told police he heard knocking, but didn't know who was coming into the home and fired in self-defense. Now, it's incredible to me what's held up here. Um, there's Trump saying justice is not often easy. Well, you know, there is no justice here. There's no justice. In fact, the guy who uh, was alleged to have shot this, uh, this, this woman, Brianna Taylor, let me... Um, uh, because I have to find, I have to find the specific terminology here. We have Mr. Cameron here saying that the FBI crime lab determined that Mr. Cosgrove fired the bullet that killed Taylor. Okay. But here's what happened. I mean, here's the interesting thing. This officer is not charged with killing this woman. Even in a manslaughter, he wa- I don't think he premeditated to kill the woman. I don't think that at all. And I'm going to talk about that in just a moment when I reference the scripture. So I don't think he gets a death penalty over it, but I think he should be serving the family for a long, long time, maybe the rest of his life, of the woman he took her life. And for you in the chat room who keeps saying that he used her as a human shield, well, what cop would be shooting the woman eight times if she's a human shield? Huh? What cop would be doing that? And what kind of people are you to back something like that? But what we do find is that he was charged for endangering (laughs) other people that weren't even in the house. They were in another house. I want you to stop and think about that for just a moment. Okay? Um, doing things here on the fly because of things that I that I read here. And, again, part of the problem is that, according to Kentucky law, the use of force by officer, officers Jonathan Mattingly and Miles Cosgrove was justified to protect themselves. 
This justification bars us from pursuing criminal charges in Miss Brianna Taylor's death. This justification of self... Well, what about... I don't know. The ability of the homeowner to protect their lives. I'm just asking. Yes, they did. You're exactly right, Timothy. And this is what people don't want to hear. Because what happens is these situations become politicized. And because the... um, person had to have happen to have dark skin oh well then that's black lives matter and since they're rolling in and antifa and all these people on the right then we can't support that well wait a minute you can reject antifa and black lives matter you can reject all that stuff and still say well wait a minute so cops have the right to protect themselves but citizens don't that doesn't follow people what well, not when it's cops really I mean, this is this is the this is the problem that we're not dealing with. We're not slowing down. Okay, I don't know if it's a hit job or not, Timothy. I, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just looking at because I don't know the guy's motives here, but I know I've seen enough of these stories to know cops do no knock raids. I covered one some years back when I was at Freedom Outpost, where the cops sit there. They had threats coming into the police department. Okay. It was coming, they traced it back to an IP. The IP was unsecure. Okay, that should have been the first thing that they should have really checked. They scouted it out for, I think it was a week. Okay? And what was happening is whoever was sending the threats were jumping on that Wi-Fi that was unsecure, and they were sending the threats to the police department. The police watched the house for like a week. It was by, uh, there was a little girl in there I forget how old she was. I want to say she was early teens. And her grandparents. And what did they do? What did they do? Well, they threw in a flash brain. While the little girl's in the middle of the day, little girl's on the sofa. Her grandmother's, I think, in the kitchen. Um, I don't remember. I don't think grandpa was at home. Okay? Because if I remember the story correctly... The, 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 the grandmother said if he was at home, he would have come downstairs with a shotgun. They threw the flash grenade through the window. The little girl and her grandma dove on the floor. They come busting in the screen door, fully armed like a SWAT team. I think it was a SWAT team. To find they were in the wrong house. And I can give you a plethora of stories like that. But the police have qualified immunity. Now, we had... Um, Gentleman who's running for governor in the state of North Carolina. Seemed like a pretty good guy. I'll let people decide whether they want to vote for him in North Carolina or not. And we had a good discussion about that. And he took the questions and he 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 responded to them the way he did. And, you know, he wanted to say police officers need qualified immunity. Now, he was a police officer over here in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, Charlotte, Metro, um, Mecklenburg. And he talked about that. And I respect that. That's his view as a police officer. But you know what? It's it's what well, here's the problem that I have. That is something that you and I, as the people they serve, we don't get that luxury. The police get qualified immunity. You and I don't get it. If there's corrupt cops who want to break in our door and they want to lie on an affidavit about us to get a search warrant. 
do we get do we get afforded the same qualified immunity if we fire back uh, hearing these kinds of things? No, we don't get that. We don't get that. Now, am I am I bashing on cops? No, because I think if every cop was doing this, everybody would know it's a problem. With the with the internet, we're able to bring stories, and you say, Tim, why don't you bring out the good stories of the cops? You have cops for that. How many of you have watched an episode of Cops where they've actually reported on a bad cop? Just saying. Why don't they ever show you any of those who are involved in crimes themselves? They're not balanced. And you know what? If you're doing your job, and this is what I say when we talk about Donald Trump or a congressman or a senator or whatever, if they're just doing their job, if they're following the Constitution, what is to be praised about that? They're upholding the law. Fine. That's what you signed on to do. The problem is when you don't follow the law. That's always the issue. That's what makes the news. When you don't follow the law. So with this said, again, Cameron said, an FBI lab determined that Costco fired the bullet that killed Breonna Taylor. What's interesting is, as that Mr. Cosgrove was not charged with her killing, even in a manslaughter issue or anything. Uh, In fact, it's kind of interesting. Mr. Cosgrove, and this is back to heavy.com. I'm going to come back over here. Cosgrove was sued for excessive force by a man he shot in 2006 at a Speedway gas station. Now, Cosgrove won the suit. Okay? He won the suit there. Um, And yes, look, uh, Mr. Mattingly, the officer who was shot during this, you know, I take no joy in the fact that the guy was shot. Okay? Any more than I do in the death of uh, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Okay, I take no joy in that. But here's the thing. He he won that suit. But he's got charges now of endangering people in another house. Now I call me silly here, but maybe somebody can help me. The number's 215 top talk 215-867-825. Maybe you can help me here. Why would you be charged with endangering somebody in another house because you shot wildly? But you're not somehow responsible for the woman that they've already identified the bullet you fired killed her. How does that work? I'm just, I'm curious how that works. See, and now the, 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 the limelight, the spotlight of the media is going to be out off of this woman who was killed, her life was taken. And it's going to be on riots and looting. That's what it's going to be on. It's not going to be on the justice or injustice. It's going to be on the rioters and the looters. Okay? Again, um, 
Yeah, somebody has mentioned where uh, something had happened with a, a baby. Look, I've covered several of those stories. They, some of the cops had broke into a house one time thinking there was drugs there. There was no drugs there. They chunked a, a flash grenade into a baby's crib, and the poor kid, I mean, it, it just really messed up its its face. I don't know if that's the same one you're talking about, Timothy, but I remember these stories. I've had to report on them. And I'll guarantee you this, if those cops were in their home and other cops raided their home and chunked a flash grenade in the crib of their child, you tell me they wouldn't be hopping mad. You tell me they wouldn't be hopping mad. So, I'm just simply saying. Now, we also had earlier this year in August, those police officers, they walked out of a meeting in which they refused to answer any questions about the killing of Breonna Taylor. Okay? And you could read this at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Again, this is going to be in the archives there as well. We've got uh, ABC News reporting that Louisville Metro Police Chief Rob Schroeder and the city's chief of police, our public safety, Amy Hess, left the hearing without answering queries from city lawmakers on Monday, citing a pending lawsuit against the police department and the city. See, this is what they always do. They hide behind, oh, there's an investigation going on. Oh, there's a lawsuit. Oh, it's national security. Oh, it's whatever you want to call it so that we don't have to answer questions. And, and you're, you know what? Look. This is just, this is crazy that this kind of stuff's going on. But they choose not to do it. And um, they were asked, and look, I get it. There's probably some, you know, any American people on this city council and all this other. Okay. And you can watch the um, the video here at sonsoflibertymedia.com. I'm not saying that that's not the case. But what I'm saying is the police are accountable to the councils. And the councils are accountable to the people. And this is where I think we need to eliminate the middleman. I think we need to be dealing with a police department that acts under a sheriff that's elected by the people, and then the sheriff has to answer directly to the people. This middleman stuff of city councils hiring police and police only be accountable to them and not really to the people directly is problematic. It's hugely problematic. In fact, as I've said before, it's not an elimination of police per se. It's moving police under a sheriff. And then if you want to have your citizen militia come in there, which is constitutional, by the way, to execute the law, that's what the Constitution says, then we should have that. And that way there's no more this thin blue line. There's not them and us. This is we're all in it together to ensure the law is upheld. Okay, And you won't find anybody sitting there saying, hey, you're a former cop, you get uh, qualified immunity. No, you don't get that. Because none of us do. We're here to execute the law just as you are. And you're going to find that when there's no qualified immunity, you're going to be a little more careful about stuff like this. You're going to be a lot more careful about stuff like this. doesn't mean you don't act. I don't think that's the issue. It just means you don't, you don't act so swiftly that it causes someone to needly, needlessly die. Okay. Now, with that said, let me give a couple more instances here. 
This is from July. Breonna Taylor lived after being shot, bleeding out in dire need of help that police never gave her. Okay. So you guys who came in the chat room, and I don't see you calling, so I assume you don't have a leg to stand on. Either you're trolling or you've bought into the propaganda and you can't deal with what's going on here. Okay? Police are yelling like, come out, come out. And I'm on the phone with her, her mom. I'm still yelling help because she's over here coughing and like, I'm just freaking out. Walker said in a recorded police interview three hours after the shooting. This is her boyfriend. This is the guy who shot back at police. Whose charges were dropped, by the way, on the, uh, the, the murder charges. And rightly so. Dispatch laws revealed that absolutely no effort was made to save Brianna's life. A EMT herself that night, and after she was fatally shot, she lay where she fell in her hallway for over 20 minutes. Brianna, who was unarmed in her hallway, was struck by several rounds of gunfire. She was not killed immediately. Attorneys um, wrote in a revised lawsuit filed on her behalf, Taylor's family. Rather, she lived for another five to six minutes before ultimately succumbing to her injuries on the floor of her home. So instead of helping her, they shot her. They continued to shoot her. Eight times. Eight times. I just, I just want you to think about that. Did she have a gun? No. Did she have drugs? No. They didn't find any of that, guys. They didn't find any of it. Well, let's address a couple of things. The scriptures are clear about murder and about killing. So, Numbers 35 is a place we'll go. A couple of passages that I'll bring to your attention. God says that there are set up cities of refuge in Israel. Numbers 35, verse 16 says, And if he smite him with an instrument of iron so that he die, he is a murderer. Okay? The murderer shall surely be put to death. He doesn't get life in prison with parole or not parole, whatever. He gets death. He gets a dirt nap. He gets a rock party. That's what he gets. And then he continues and he says, If he smite him with throwing a stone wherewith he may die, and he die, he's a murderer. The murderer shall be put to death. Or if he smite him with an hand weapon of wood wherewith he may die, and he die, he's a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. But if he thrust him... Excuse me, but if he thrust him of hatred or hurl at him by laying of weight that he die or in enmity smite him with his hand that he die, he that smote him shall surely be put to death, for he is a murderer. The revenger of blood shall slay the murderer when he meeteth him. So this allows for those who go after somebody who has killed somebody to deal with them. Then in verse 22 it says, But if he thrust him suddenly uh, without enmity, or has cast upon him anything without laying of weight, in other words, there's no premeditation here, 
He doesn't have hatred in his heart to the person, or with any stone wherewith a man may die, seeing him not, and cast it upon him, that he die, and was not his enemy, neither sought his harm. Then the congregation shall judge between the slayer and the revenger of blood, according to these judgments. And the congregation shall deliver the slayer out of the hand of the revenger of blood, and the congregation shall restore him to the city of his refuge, whither he was fled, and he shall abide in it until the until the death of the high priest, which was anointed with the holy oil. But if the slayer shall at any time come without the border of the city of his refuge. Now the slayer is the guy in this passage who is simply stated that he killed somebody and it was it was, it was like it was on accident. He he didn't mean to do it. It's like the story of the guy, he, he's, they're cut, him and his friend are cutting down a tree, and they've got an axe, and the axe head slips off, and it hits his friend in the head, and it kills him. He didn't intend to kill him. That's what we're talking about here. If the slayer shall at any time come without the border of the city of his refuge, whether he fled, and the revenger of blood find him without the borders of the city of his refuge, and the revenger of blood kill the slayer, he shall not be guilty of blood. How isn't that interesting? Because he should have remained in the city of his refuge until the death of the high priest. But after the death of the high priest, the slayer shall return to the land of his possession. So these things shall be for the statute of judgment unto you throughout your generations and all your dwellings. And this is a picture of Christ. Christ is the city of refuge for us. He is the city of refuge for us, for his people to run into and to find refuge. It's, this is what this is all about. It's a picture of Christ. Christ said in Luke 24, when he told his disciples these things, he said, Moses and the prophets, all of these speak of me. Now, we go over into Deuteronomy chapter 4. And here's what we read there. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, what we see is in verse 41, then Moses severed three cities on this side, Jordan, toward the sun rising, that the slayer might flee thither, which shall kill his neighbor unawares. In other words, he didn't premeditate it. Okay? That the slayer might flee thither, which should kill his neighbor unawares, and hated him not in times past, and that fleeing unto one of these cities he might live. And then he names them. And this is the law which Moses set before the children of Israel. These are the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which Moses spake unto the children of Israel after they came forth out of Egypt. And for those of you who say, well, that's Old Testament, Tim. We're in the New Testament. Wait a minute. Paul says all Scripture is what? God breathed and is profitable for correction and instruction and righteousness and reproof, Right? And what did Paul have as scripture at the time? Let's see. Uh, it was the Old Testament. That's right. It was the Old Testament. By the way, he says that the law in the New, in the New Testament, he says the law was made for, and he gives a whole long list of those who are lawbreakers. Then we have in Exodus 21, some of the same kinds of things that are going on here. Now let's take a look at, um, let's pick it up around, Verse um, 12. He that smiteth a man so that he die shall be surely put to death. And if a man lie not in wait, but God deliver him into his hand, then I will appoint thee a place whither he shall flee. But if a man presumptuously uh, upon uh, come upon presumptuously upon his neighbor to slay him with guile, 
Thou shalt take him from mine altar, that he may die. And he that smiteth his father or mother. We're not talking about a little toddler here, folks. And Jesus reiterated this in the New Testament, too. Shall surely be put to death. The one that doesn't honor his mother and father. He's a drunkard. He's a, he's a rabble-rouser. He's a troublemaker. That's what the law was. As a man, he's still the child of his mother and father. But if he's this, this is what the law says. And he that stilleth a man and selleth him, or if he, found, if he be found in his hand, he shall be surely put to death. He that curses his father or mother shall surely be put to death. If men strive together and one smote, uh, smite another with a stone or with his fist, and he die not but keepeth his bed, if he rise again and walk abroad upon his staff, then shall he that smote him be quit. Only he shall pay for the loss of his time and shall cause him to be thoroughly healed. Now, you, you know, I got a friend that wants to promote basically what is fascism, okay? He wants to deal with taxation by promoting the prison system. Bring in factories there. Let people work at it. Bring in families. Let them spend the night in the prison. And, and how he justifies it, he says, well, Jesus said there was a, a, um, a debtor's prison. You could throw people in prison for debt. No, he didn't. God never commanded that. What Jesus was referencing was something of the day that everybody understood was going on. And in that particular passage, what Jesus is doing is he's taking a parable and he takes a guy who owes a great sum of money to the king who he can never repay. And he cries out for mercy from the king for it. And the king has compassion on him and shows him mercy and clears out the debt. Immediately, that servant goes out and he finds one of his fellow servants who owes him a very small amount of money, grabs him by the beard, and says, pay me what you owe me. And the guy says, I don't have it. And he pleads with him for mercy, just like that guy just got through pleading. And he says, no. And he went and took him and threw him in the, in the debtor's prison of the day. It's an injustice. It's an injustice. The Bible tells us when the king found out what had happened, he was grieved over it, that he had showed this guy mercy. He know what he did? Reinstated the debt, took that guy and threw him in debtor's prison. Now, if you're a Christian and you're promoting that as though God commanded it, you need to repent and correct yourself, all right? I'm just telling you. I'm going to say it. It needs to be said because this friend continues to promote that, and it's unbiblical. So what happens in this case here? Well, I can't tell you the motives of the cops who went in. I don't know if they had something against Mr. Walker, or Mr. Ms. Taylor, or any of that. I don't know. I don't, I'm going to assume they didn't, okay? I'm going to assume they didn't. I'm going to assume they're just doing their job, which their job is to uphold the law. This is why I don't understand the whole no-not-raid stuff. Nor shooting a woman who's unarmed, and if, as some people want to say, she's a human shield and this, that, and the other, I don't, that's not part of their job either. What should happen here? I, I don't think anybody should go to jail. I think some people should be serving other people, serving their families for the rest of their life for the loss here. Not serving the state, not going to prison where you're going to have to pay for it, and Miss Taylor's family are going to have to pay for it, Mr. Walker's going to have to pay for it, and all these other people are going to have to pay for it. That's if we actually believed in justice in this country. Okay? 
That's if we actually believed in justice. But we don't believe in justice. We believe in appeasement of entertainment. Bigger government. doesn't matter how many people pop in here and tell me they're for smaller government, and so they get behind Trump, and I'm going to go, okay, what's Trump's solution? Oh, that's right. He's put us more in debt. Uh, the, the education thing, which he has no authority to do uh, versus an executive order, it's write, write an executive order, start a new committee on something you're not even supposed to have authority to do or deal with. You're going to do that. Red flag laws is to get rid of due process, to shove it to the back thing here, the back shelf. And it isn't just Donald Trump. Look, it's everybody. The usurper who was in there for eight years. His thing was bigger government too. I have a pen and a phone, right? His was executive order. I just write this stuff. Make, make government bigger. Congress is the same way. They tell you that they're there for, at least the Republicans tell you they're for a smaller government. But what are their solutions? It's always more government. Always. And I got to tell you, I got friends who are internal um, affairs investigators. They've been that with the police departments. And I, for the life of me, I got to tell you, I think there's probably some good guys within that who can be objective. I do think that. But I always think it's the fox guard in the hen house. That's just, that's just me. Okay. Always think it's, that's what it is. You, you don't have independent investigations within these things. So here's what I want to say. One is if you're going to Kentucky and you're going to riot and loot and destroy your city and other people's property, you're wrong and you need to repent and stop that right now. Okay? You're wrong in doing that. On the other hand, I think that we need the police to actually uphold the law and treat their citizens, even if they're, when they even haven't been convicted of anything, but they have a warrant to go get them and arrest them, then treat them like people. Quit treating them like, you know, you can just run in their house, break down their door, do all this stuff, and then blame them for it. I just, I think there needs to be a repentance all the way around here, okay? And uh, and that's really the message. That's really the message. All right, guys, real quickly, let me tell you, Kate Shimrani was arrested yesterday. She should be out today. I'm looking to hear from her soon. And uh, hopefully we're going to talk to her on Saturday. So you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you in 23 hours. See ya.